Hello, I'm Dan, and I have Bernie with me. This is the Idea of the Week podcast, episode four, technically, uh, episode three last week, uh, some technical difficulties, and I lost <laughs> it. Uh, and so these things happen in the podcast universe, uh, but we are back with episode four. This is a podcast where me and Bernie talk about uh, a new business idea that we have and sort of go back and forth until we, we come to a a really interesting conclusion about a new business that we can create. Um, Bernie had an idea this week that he wanted to talk about. Bernie, why don't you take it away and sort of start us off? Yeah, thanks for having me, Dan. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, wish wish y'all could have listened to episode number three. <laughs> Laying it on thick, I see. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a good one. I think that was the one we came away with. This but it is, might be this... good, too, because we might actually do that business. <laughs> and, and that way, no one will know about it. So Exactly. True, stealth. True. We're running stealth. Yeah. We're, uh, we're releasing alpha next yeah. We're pre-alpha. Next week. <laughs> we're yeah, permanently yeah. pre-revenue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week, uh, Dan and I started talking a little bit. And by talking, you know, an email back and forth about esports and how big of a market opportunity exists in this sort of new dimension of of gaming and monetization and yeah i think i think that's sort of a space that's worthy of some further intrigue Um, the actual business idea within this esports realm was to create a recruiting as well as sponsorship tool that would enable both advertisers as well as companies who are seeking to use esports and leverage esports as a recruiting tool, just creating a marketplace for that. And by managing the the brand entities of these e-gamers, no matter how big or small they are, and, and creating some transparency around that and seeing how many eyeballs are on these people and how good they actually are. I mean, it's just like, it's such uh, it's funny. Cause you know, we probably both grew up playing video games, you know, in the nineties and early, early two thousands. And like, I stopped cause I became like, I guess I became like a responsible adult or something. <laughs> and I had other responses, like other things that I was doing with my time, like work and all this other stuff. But um, it's funny when I left, uh, one of my jobs, I was living in New York City, uh, and I was like, I didn't really have another job to go to. I was starting the interview. I just left my job, and I was like, whatever. And I was kind of like, I guess, bored, and I had extra time on my hands. And I decided to uh, start watching Twitch just one day. And I got on there, and I had not really seen it all that much before. And you go on to Twitch. If you're not familiar with Twitch, Twitch is like uh, a streaming service for gamers. So people, you watch other people game. I got on there and was just like enthralled by what I was seeing. It was just such a, it's such a vibrant community that is very sort of ironically pretty inclusive and like an exciting uh, sort of culture, esports in general uh, or game. I guess it's gaming in general that like I went out and like bought a new video card for my computer and bought (laughs) GTA five. And it was like mind blowing how much fun it was like to get back into gaming uh, because it was something I was really into when, when I was in high school and, and below that, but just basically it stopped from college on. 
And to get back into it, it was like, wow, this it's a completely different universe than when we were growing up. It's like, it's not only different on like the cultural side and like how people interact on gaming. It's like a real deal subculture within our, uh, within our society. Um, uh, but now the business aspect of it has come into play. There's no esports, right? Unless gaming is this massive um, sort of group of people that are very super engaged to the point where they'll watch other people competitively play video games. Like Counter Strike is the big one that started it all. Um, that's yeah. just like it's mind blowing to think that that this is happening now. Because when if you were like, you know, a teenager in the '90s or early 2000s, you'd be like, "There's no, like, gaming is for what? It's for nerds who are antisocial." who don't go out and drink and do whatever. So they game. But now that that perception's completely changed or gaming, especially with the release of Fortnite over the, what was it like a year ago, two years ago. Now yeah. everybody games. Like if you're like six years old to like 80 years old, you probably play Fortnite online, which was born from a very sort of nerdy, uh, game that came out, you know, five, six years ago. Um, there is, yeah, it's like it. Gaming in general has just completely trans transformed over the last decade, and you know that's why we have esports. And I don't, it's like a multi, easily a multi billion dollar industry. I think it rivals now like the uh, the uh, movie box office. Which yeah, is I got cool. some. And, yeah, go for it. What do you got? Stats? I, I I got some numbers to share with you in a in a moment, but I think one of the points that you just mentioned is sort of the redefining the the cultural norms of who is playing games and yeah. who is watching sort of these other individuals play games and i think a lot of the gender bias is also disappearing that video yeah. games are just for for boys for for man childs for people who you know can't grow up i think it's quite the norm now that there's yeah. a significant percentage of, of women and, and girls, uh, younger women who are also playing video games. And I think that's super exciting to see um, that it, it, I think it forces also game designers to sort of get out of this like brotastic culture and really yeah. think holistically about who their audience is and, and what they're seeking out. And that's not to say that there aren't women who enjoy playing Counter-Strike, Call of Duty, FIFA. Uh, I'm sure there's yeah. millions of them, but I think that also presents a whole new marketplace, a whole new opportunity to really design for this really large and growing audience, particularly because the cultural norms are, are shifting so greatly. And I think esports twitch whatever you want to call it just all these things that are creating a new audience and are becoming more platform agnostic are forcing shifts also in video game production and distribution uh, which makes it easier for everybody to theoretically access these things right like now yeah. you don't need to ask mommy for for the new playstation 5 or whatever is going to come out next now uh, we're we're transforming and and changing to a world where you can open up your computer and you can enter one of these worlds uh and, right, and channels your smartphone now i mean that's like with fortnite especially the, the number of people playing on their phone is insane 
Yeah, and it's funny because I think like the app market started this shift, right? There were like these games like uh, started, I think there, there were like these Facebook games and then it was like Angry Birds and then Angry Birds 3.0 and then the movies and now it's just like it's everywhere. It's not just on your phone. It's not just on your computer. It's not just on your TV. It's everywhere. It's wherever you want it to be. Uh, yeah. And I and, think that's really exciting. Yeah, it's like... Uh it still blows my mind how much that culture has changed because it, it is becoming more inclusive, but like 10 years ago, there was the big gamer gate thing, which was essentially like a group of, you know, kind of gamer men, uh, attacked or sort of went after women, uh, who were trying to sort of get into the culture and speak out about the misogyny within gaming culture. And it was a huge mess. Like mm. it was just awful. And, um, you know, we're post that or a little bit post that era now. So it is becoming more inclusive. Um, but it's still, you know, I guess it is still very male dominated. Um, and it's also, I think what's interesting about it too, is that the culture, you know, I think maybe 15, 20 years ago was more like, I I always think of the movie, uh, revenge of the nerds and like how we have these two different sort of social groups growing up. You have like the alpha male jocks and then you kind of have like the nerdy, which people call betas now, I guess. Um, and the betas are the ones who play video games and the alpha mm-hmm. jocks wouldn't. That's no longer the case, right? Like everybody is playing some sort of video game, whether it be Fortnite or whether it be FIFA or whatever. Uh, it's now like a total sort of um, massive culture when before it was kind of a minority culture. Uh, and, that, and and the issue there is has gone through these weird when it was a minority culture, like you could get away with certain sort of um, social conventions uh, in that small group of people that that do now don't translate at all to the larger group of people. So when you start including younger people, when you start including women, um, you can't it's not the same sort of um, rules that were in the in the group before. And so, um, I think that's really, I think it's a good thing, uh, because as someone who grew up as a gamer, it was a very sort of toxic environment. Um, when you, like, if you go to play any game online, especially like a GTA or like a shooter, like Counter-Strike, the amount of verbal abuse that you have to deal with as just a normal dude, it would make anybody cringe. Like the stuff that you would see online. I mean, like you name it. Um, homophobia, uh, misogyny, racism, it's all super common, um, in the gaming sort of universe. And like, as it tries to go more mainstream, a lot of that has to be excised from that whole, that culture. And that's, that's tough. It's a tough transition to go through because, um, you know, part of, um, what gaming was all about was sort of standing apart from the rest of everybody. Uh, and now that's not happening. You can't really. Um, and I think that like, as we talk about like esports, right? Esports is it becoming mainstream, it becoming a little bit more corporatized on some level. And you can't do that sort of, uh, boys club stuff in that environment anymore. It doesn't work. Yeah. It has um, to be monitored. It has to be sort of cleansed of all those, the toxicity of it, the toxicity. Exactly. And I think it's interesting because I think that toxicity is the same sort of, vibe that has spread into a lot of social media in general where people 
have anonymity and can can sort of get away with that and you know there's just a climate of everybody hating on each other and finding reasons to find flaw in in one another and i think i think it's always been lurking and i feel like it's probably been lurking in video games long before it got so mainstream where now you know people are just openly insulting each other uh which is a shame (laughs) it's crazy it's a shame yeah, it's it's really, you know, and it causes a lot of people to say, you know what, I've had it with social media. I've had it with, you know, I, I just want to post pictures and, and just get good vibes. If you have something negative to say, keep it to yourself. And I recall growing up uh, playing Halo 2 and oh maybe Halo 3, like on Xbox. Yeah. It's just a lot of bad vibes in terms oh, yeah. of the the people on there and you know i sometimes think of the the bullying that's taking place there and how that's impacting how people you know grow up in in their regular day to day and i think that's that's a huge shift that needs to take place i am assuming it already is taking place i must say i'm not so involved in gamer community i can appreciate games but i'm surely not involved in the communities anymore but as you said if as it is becoming more of a thing that corporates are looking into sponsors are looking into even recruiters are looking into there has to be this new sort of element of uh just like a a cleansed baseline and and a commute like a rich community that's that's policing and and moderating and all these other things just before we lose track of it i just want to give you these stats so this is based on a goldman sachs report and you know we can trust goldman Goldman standard (laughs) it's the golden standard uh so the esports monthly audience size today 2018 167 million monthly viewers so that's inclusive of like Twitch, YouTube, uh, probably a few other places, uh, 167 million monthly audience by 2022, it's estimated to be 276 million. And that's, that's just growing. And when you think of audience, you start thinking of eyeballs. And when you think of eyeballs, you start thinking of marketing and sponsorship opportunities and, and what that looks like. But one of the other really interesting things that I've been reading about and hearing about and sort of like going back on track with like the idea uh, for, for the business was that there are recruiters for investment banks who are now looking to use and video talent. The assessing a player's, to analyze the relationship between and that's foundationally what investment banks do right like yeah. ultimately they want to get the they want to get the biggest bang for their buck mm-hmm. by evaluating how players engage in this relationship apparently it's a great way to find sort of like your next quants and your next geniuses who are going to essentially pull in billions Another another thing that I saw on the news, I think it was CBS a few mornings ago, uh, the Army is actually sponsoring esports leagues 
and they're also engaging with players in the actual gameplay to talk to them about the army. So I could see that. It it's sort of really interesting, and that's when it dawned on me that there's not sort of this. Sure, there's like esports leaderboards where people have like the rankings of how much money a player pulled in based on their, their competitions and things of that nature. But there's not really a transparent sort of marketplace, sort of like what you have with Twitch where you have like all these players playing games openly, but like a place where you have like rankings of who's playing what, being able to dig down into the demographic and then essentially being able to either tie them with sponsors, with advertisers, with recruiters and all these sort of uh, people that, that might be interested now in, in targeting this audience and monetizing it. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's interesting because like this is like a common cycle in businesses or new industries that are created. Like if you look at a more mature um, sort of industry, there's like app built upon app built upon app that does different things within the industry that sort of streamlines a process or a relationship. With e-gaming or e-sports, none of this really, it's being built right now, but none of it a lot of it doesn't exist. And like, if we're at like level one, there's probably 20 to 30 levels beneath that, that can be built out. Um, and it's just at the sort of the really beginning stages of becoming this more uh, mature, uh, industry, but there's a lot of like, you know, I think about it, like there's so much potential here. And I'm just thinking, if you just think about ad spends and how you spend ads and the demographics part of it, it's just massive. If you have that many people, who are highly, highly engaged in this culture. Um, those are people that are, you know, ripe for advertising and to target. Um, there needs to be an ad platform completely built out just for e-gaming. There probably is some like early stage stuff that's built out, but there's probably nothing that would equal a Facebook advertising platform or a Google advertising platform. Like it's just not even remotely close to that yet. Um, yeah. And it's so specific too, like, the culture is separated for the most part by game. Like, so you have to know uh, all about that specific game's culture in order to really capture that audience and align them with an advertiser, uh, advertiser or align them with a recruiter. Um, you know, there's like the big games like League of Legends and like, um, obviously Fortnite we've talked about, but there is a lot, it's very much a long tail sort of culture and industry. There are games where, you know, let's say Fortnite has like 50 million players or whatever. I'm just guessing. Um, There are games where there's 500K players, maybe like a million worldwide. So significantly smaller. But the demographic of that group is so specific. Like if I think of a game um, that people are really into, like, I don't know, people who still play like Civilization 6 online uh, with each other worldwide, too you're probably looking at like a couple of billion, few million people, but you can, you can basically, it's like a laser guided missile for a demographic. It's like male between the ages of like 30 and like 55, um, has all these other elements about him that an advertiser would just be like, you know, um, salivating over to hit that specific group of people. Um, so that there's so much possibility with that. It's very similar when you think about how advertisers advertise on TV. 
and with movies, um, each TV show and, and movie has a different demographic, right? And it's sort of similar with each game. Um, I mean, there's just so much to build out. You know, yeah, it's, 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 it's really insane when you think about it. It's a really good point with this idea of like a laser guided missile. Uh, you know, like an example of that is I still play Call of Duty on my PlayStation <laughs> 3. That still blows my mind. Yeah, so I never, again, I've never upgraded the system past what I have bought like 10 years ago almost at this point. And I play this video game that I think is like seven or eight years old. And there's still a pretty strong online community. There's several thousand players around the world that are playing it. And I find myself often playing with kids in Central America and Eastern Europe. So you might say, well, why is that the case, right? Yeah. Like, why, why are you playing with those individuals, like out of all people? And what I realize it's exactly what you're saying. It's a laser guided missile. So think of people who are still playing a video game system that at this point, you know, is more than a decade old in a video game that's seven or eight years old. Well, it's a certain market. It's a certain demographic. And that certain market demographic is super engaged with this game, with the system. And to me, that's, a, that's a huge opportunity uh, yeah. to, to be able to target that market uh, you know, with ancillary products, maybe there's people within those communities who are leaders and uh, just play the game super often. Like, wouldn't it be nice to be able to incentivize them to continue to play with sponsorships, with marketing opportunity? And then also think about like how games of the future should be developing to really think about those opportunities for marketers, for placement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, um, it, it's interesting too, because when you brought up the recruiting thing with the army, that's been going on for a long time where the U S army or U S military will pinpoint a video game counter-strike probably in the early days, but like Arma three would be a big one now. Uh, and I, I really played this game like from the start when it was being built called squad. And that was just like that. Talk about like hyper-targeting. There are probably in the United States uh, of that game, maybe a thousand players, maybe 1500. So I would go on and play with the same people pretty much every weekend. And those people, if you're playing a game like that, you are super into the military and like modern warfare. And like, it's like if that person was the age range to be in the military, it would just take a recruiter to talk to him for five minutes and they would probably sign up. Like that's yeah. how that's how targeted. I think the, the point I'm trying to make is that it's it's not just uh, a normal level of engagement. It's hyper engagement, and that level of engagement is just like you know it, it, it's exactly what an advertiser is looking for. It's exactly what a recruiter is looking for. You know, um, if you have that level. Uh, of passion and excitement about something there's chances are that if you had a job associated with those with that sort of role that you would be amazing at it um and so i don't know there's just so much there's so much to think about it's funny like i uh when i was looking for a job a couple of years back um i talked to a recruiter in los angeles i was looking with los angeles i don't know why um and this recruiter's like hey man like uh, there's this new company 
um, that uh, you might be interested. They need like someone to manage their customer experience. I was like, oh, what is it? He's like, it's kind of an it's an e gaming company. And I was like, oh, what, what do they do? He's like, oh, they sell skins for Counter Strike. Here is a multi million dollar <laughs> company that didn't create a video game. Um, all they did was create a marketplace for skins, which are sort of like visual things that you put on your character uh, in a in a game in a game like Counter Strike. That's how nuanced this industry is going to get. And so I think it's you know if someone got in now and just set up something pretty basic uh, that worked and filled a need within the industry and the marketplace, it would be massive in like five years easily. And I think that's that's a great point. I think it's getting at what those unmet needs are, yeah. and how can those unmet needs scale across different platforms and different games, right? I think right now you need to be wherever the user is and the user is coming in from every which platform, multiple screens. It doesn't matter. The games follow them, right? They don't need to sit in front of a TV anymore. They can be anywhere. And if you find a gap in the experience, that's a huge opportunity, if you find an opportunity to get placement in front of that user, that's an opportunity. And I just think the the way the way gaming is going, and you know, some of the bigger the bigger players are getting into it, uh, bigger tech players like Amazon, Google, like they're all Apple, they're all announcing game platforms. Yeah. Uh, if if you also think about YouTube for a second. The, the like top out of the top 10 earners, I think the majority of them are people who just stream yeah. video games. Uh, so you, you, you know, audience exists, you know, audience is diversifying, you know, distribution is diversifying, you know, gameplay is becoming platform agnostic. What does the user journey look like? And where are the unmet needs? Where are the friction points? Where are the opportunities? for you as a developer, for you as a sponsor, for you as a marketer, for you as a thought leader to get in there and find an opportunity that adds value. What do you think if we, let's say we were given like uh, $20 million, right? To start a company in esports, and the goal was get, you know, to make it 10 X $200 million in revenue in like five years. What do you think, what would you focus on? Do you think uh, in the esports world that would that would have that type of growth? I would. Okay, so I don't. Maybe this isn't thinking big enough, or maybe it actually is a big undertaking. But what I would want to do is create an agency that lobbies for advertisers yeah. to have a platform. Um, a marketplace for marketing and advertising that is platform agnostic, yes, meaning meaning that Google is coming out with its video game product. Amazon's coming out with its video game product. Sony and Microsoft are still going to continue chugging along and doing their thing in Nintendo. Like I would lobby for video game developers and their respective platforms to enable placement for yeah. marketing, for sponsorships, no matter what game, no matter what it is. And what that means is that if a game 
if a game comes out and it's a hit and it's creating like a massive community online on the Twitches, on the YouTubes, on wherever I, I, as an advertiser, let's say I'm Coca-Cola and I, you know, I'm coming out with like my new healthy energy electrolyte water. That's like (laughs) perfect to keep gamers like in peak performance. I mean, I'm just making this stuff up, but let's, let's say that's what I want. Like, I would just want to be able to place an ad, hit up my demographic and boom, now I get ad placement across all platforms, across all video games um, that serve that demographic in like very natural sort of organic ways. Um, And I think I feel like that's where that's where you can make a killing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really, uh, the key there is it's like, you have to, it has to be easy for the advertiser to reach all these different platforms. So it has to be platform agnostic. Like there's no way, like, what's the point if you try to just do, uh, Google ads or Facebook ads, it becomes unwieldy so quickly. Right. Um, so if you want to advertise on say GTA six, whenever that comes out, um, and you want to, um, figure out a way to hit up that audience about your let's say coca-cola's new drink you want to be able to like hey this is the copy this is the uh the images that i want and let's shoot that out to like every single platform that you're connected with on here like doesn't matter what it is as long as that game's associated with um that medium we want to advertise on yeah exactly and i think that's where capturing demographics is is key uh, that's also where thinking holistically about demographics and that diversification of demographics is key. And essentially, it should have significant influence also on how developers are considering games, the gameplay, yeah. who they're yeah. targeting, because the revenue stream is no longer going to be confined to game purchases and in-app purchases, but it's also going to be driven by advertising as a platform within these games. And I think the second you switch up that sort of paradigm, then it changes the games. It changes the infrastructure that, that runs the games and it changes the opportunity also for advertisers, not just to get in on the, on the long tail of them, like once a person like throws it up on YouTube and gets 10 million views, or once the person decides, Hey, I can be a Twitch, uh, sort of character who, who like streams my games and I'll find advertisers. Like, I think the way advertisers need to get into the gameplay needs to change. Um, and that will also organically drive, sort of a movement towards esports uh once the advertisers get into it as well because they're going to drive their audiences towards that too yeah i think at the end point what, what as the as the esports market matures you'll get to a point where uh and this is how it is with like film production you won't green light a game until you know your target demo totally. and that entire game is built towards males between the ages of 20 and 30 who, you know, who like this, who like this, who like this. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's where the, the industry is going. I don't know. I think I like, I like the ad platform idea and being able to do it. I think that's a good starting point for a business. And if you got that in place and it got it working well, it would be like a, a quarter of a million dollar business within five years easily just because of the growth rate. 
easily. Yeah. Um, do you do you have a different perspective on what you would do? I, I like that idea. That was the first thought that came to my head. But I, then I also thought, like, uh, what's another huge uh, aspect of this whole esports thing? I think it's like a talent management. And like, if you think about how in sports, how important those um, agents are, I feel like there would be, uh, it'd be pretty cool to have um, a company that just managed esports talents. And like the big ones are already like gobbled up by like real talent agencies, but I'm thinking like the lower level gamers and maybe on games that aren't like super popular right now. And then you could get like, hey, Bob from St. Louis, who's really into <laughs> Civilization Six and like streams, doesn't get like 100K streams, but gets like maybe 5K streams. I'm telling you, because of that level of engagement and that specificity, like you could manage him, you know, and sort of make a little bit off of his deals, make a little bit off of his ads, help him in a way um, navigate the new world. Because for gamers, they're often pretty young. And they don't know what's going on. And they don't know how to manage money, especially when they're like talent, because uh, it's such a specific relationship um, between you and advertisers and all this other stuff that's going on in the industry. Uh, I think there's an opportunity there to sort of get in uh, on the ground floor and uh, build something out. Because, you know, look at like uh, look at sports or look at Hollywood or entertainment. It's all run by agents. Right. The talent doesn't run those businesses. It's all their agent. And I think it would be interesting to build something like that for esports. Yeah, totally. Like th throw them into sort of this exclusive platform of, of other sort of similarly sized talent groups, and then you can pool sort of as a larger group to to sell to advertisers or to whoever yeah. it is. You could do both. Like you could have like the ad platform on one side and then the talent management on the other side. And then they, they, they're sort of like uh, in symbiosis. Um, yeah. Feed off each other. Amazing. The yeah. flywheel. We'll create the flywheel. <laughs> I love it. I think this is a good, this is a good sort of stopping point with this one, isn't it? I feel like we've gotten a couple of good ideas uh, off of this one. It's just like what's so exciting about esports is that you know that it's going to have a massive growth. Uh, uh, sort of period here for at least the next 15, 20 years. Uh, and if you figure out something to do in it, you're going to make a lot of money. That's like a, it's like a gold rush, essentially. Let's make that money. Let's make it. Uh, all right, folks. Uh, this has been the idea of the week podcast, uh, episode four on esports. Uh, listen to our other, um, podcasts that are up. Uh, we post them on anchor, but then they get, uh, syndicated out to like iTunes and pocket casts and Google casts, I think, or something. I don't know all the ones that are cool. Um, but thanks for listening. I've been Dan. And I'm Bernie. All right. Take care, guys. Bye.